podcast. Uh, my name is Tom. As usual, I am joined by the wonderful Reese Keeble. Hello. Hello. And of course, producer Ruth is here as well. And we are, sorry, I'll let you say hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, Ruth's got a mic this week as well. Hello, mic'd up Ruth. She sounds good. Yeah, definitely sound better than just my laptop microphone. Uh, and this is in our attempt, uh, uh, I mean, you can probably also already tell if you're watching us on YouTube, we're, we're still doing the old video call format. Um, we're waiting on one more mic and then we, we should be able to bring us all together, I've been, hopefully. I've been mugged off, I've been mugged off. He's still... I ordered the mic about, I've ordered the mic about three weeks ago, I've been mugged off, I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm absolutely fuming. But we're but me and Ruth, we're here sounding professional and, and good. Ruth is just on the old Beats, Beats mic still. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad, though. <laughs> well, the Beats mic is definitely better than my laptop mic was. That's true. That is that yeah. is very true. Um, anyway, we've had some lovely news and a lot of things coming out this week. We've had an incredible race, and we will, of course, get onto that in a bit. But let's let's talk about some news from this week first. Let's get straight into it, because there was some big news coming out this weekend, and um, we've each got a bit of news we're going to talk about. I'm going to go first. Sorry, guys. Um, this is a big one. Mercedes, obviously now world champions for the past seasons and in a, in a, for as long as probably I can remember now, um, they have had a big bit of news coming out this weekend. Um, Eddie Jordan, so instantly the news is a bit skew with. Eddie Jordan has um, broke the news that apparently Mercedes could be sold to um, com- their current sponsor, their current actually not sponsor partner as they listed Ineos for around seven hundred million pounds for a seventy percent share in the team. Uh, this is very interesting because obviously Mercedes are a very successful team. Could this be a way that they want to come out of it? Could it be? There's a whole lot of things that this could mean, uh, and obviously there's a lot of rumours coming around it. It could just be nothing. Eddie Jordan's the one releasing it. It very easily could just be nothing. Um, but for a seventy percent share of the team, seven hundred billion pounds. That's what Ineos are trying to get. It will become Ineos F1 team. Apparently, Toto Wolff's going to be off on his jollies, probably to Aston Martin or something. Um, it'd be very interesting. What What do you guys think? It, do you think it should go through or not? Yeah, um, I actually looked at this more because I was intrigued as to where Toto Wolff would go and what would happen with Hamilton. And Toto Wolff actually said that Daimler has no intent in giving up the team and Ineos has no interest in buying a majority of the team and calling it like this. The future of the team is absolutely clear. It's Mercedes AMG team and nothing is going to change that. Yeah, I think it is. It's... It... <laughs> Is that just Mercedes saying that you know they have no intention to sell because they don't want sponsors to start thinking, oh, if Mercedes are backing out, we're backing out? Is it going to be like... <sighs> it's interesting, and I think it's what everyone always wants to hear is that Mercedes are going to leave, especially right now. They are dominating everything. The biggest news you can hear at the moment is the news that maybe Mercedes are going to back out. Um, there is some more kind of issues that we've heard coming out of that is that Nicky Lauda still owns a 10% share, and obviously Nicky very unfortunately passed away last year. Um, but that 10% share of his is still um, with his family as far as we're aware. So if Mercedes were to sell, they'd have to work out exactly what's happening with that share, whether that share gets sold, whether the Lauda family would hold on to that. Um, like you say, Toto's, Toto's kind of shut this down, said nothing's going to come from it. I still don't know. This could go either way for me. I think it, it, it's very much up in the air. Um, but yeah, Mercedes sell to Ineos. I'm interested but we don't know enough yet. Maybe in the future podcast, we'll um, we'll fully in more on that. Yeah, well, uh, staying with the world champions for the next news story, uh, Mercedes team principal Toto Wolff said, 
having a reverse grid will make F1 like WWE. Uh, this is after F1 announced that they're going to reevaluate plans to have reverse grid sprint in place of qualifying. Um, Mercedes believes that it's going to be a gimmick and uh, it would not work as F1 hopes to. Uh, now, we've talked a lot about this in the past couple of weeks, uh, and it's interesting to hear that Toto isn't a fan of the idea at all. Is there any surprise that he doesn't like it? I don't think so. I think, I mean, I mean, he, he's the team principal of the most successful team on the grid. I mean, I see the point he's making. It's going to be more like WWE in terms of he doesn't want to make it a show. It's a sport. It's like as if the Olympics would say, Usain Bolt's winning too much. He needs to start like to a 200-meter sprint instead of a 100-meter. Um I, and I see what they mean by that. They don't want to make it a theatrical thing. But at the same time, people are going to stop watching if it's not exciting. And that's what everyone are trying to kind of juggle up at the same time. Um, so, yeah, I don't, think it's any, I don't think it's a surprise that they don't want to do it. But I, I'm still very torn on it. I don't think I'd be disappointed if they did do it. But I also wouldn't be disappointed if they didn't do it. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm okay with it. I don't necessarily want it, I don't think. See, I have a very different opinion in that I think reverse grids would make the races so much better. I mean, they have them in F2, and that isn't anything like WWE. I think the only reason that Toto Wolf is so against it is because it's the only thing that made the Mercedes vulnerable to mm. everyone else. Yeah. It was the only thing that evened out the grid. It was their um, weakness, yeah. That's the only reason that he doesn't want it. It's not because he, you know, thinks all these other things. I feel like that's the main reason, is that it's not beneficial to his team. I so mean, why would he back it? I think it is very ballsy, let's say. Um, he's got some big cocooners on him to say that it's a gimmick, sort of thing, using air quotes there for the listeners. A gimmick. You know what I mean? Like, he, he is making his intentions clear that he is no fan of this whatsoever, and he doesn't want it to be a part of the sport at all. Mm, definitely, hundred percent. I mean, we saw how how interesting it was when that happened, and the race was so much better for it. There was so much more actual racing and so much more actual, like, it just showed that it didn't make the sport any less, or it didn't make the drivers look stupid or anything. You know, it just showed that they had to work for what place they got and at the end of the day i think that was just racing mm, so this this will be instead of quali not the race but yeah yeah anyways moving on yeah well the next point is racing point is soon to be known as aston martin um they i think they announced it this week or maybe it was the start of this week that perez will be let go by the team at the end of this season and sebastian vettel We'll move to Aston Martin. Yeah, that's it's, it's what we've been discussing for the past few weeks. We've been speculating it since Silverstone. There's been speculation throughout Formula One for the past few weeks, isn't there, that Sebastian Vettel would be making that move to Racing Point, and it's happened now. And unfortunately, Sergio Perez is the kind of he's he's had his head on the chopping block, isn't it? And uh, what do you guys think? Do you think it was fair? Do you think it wasn't fair? What what, what do you think's next for Sergio? Um, I, I don't. I don't really know what's going to be next for him. Um, apparently, it's rumoured that he could be going to Alpha, uh, Alpha Romeo. That is not Alpha Tauri. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, it, I feel, I feel like he'll feel like he's very hard done by. Mm. And you've put me on the spot, hence why I'm, I'm just going around in circles. But yeah, I, I, I'm not happy that he made that choice. However, for Sebastian to go in 
to have a four times world champion represent your company is well your racing team as such like it's like money can't buy it sort of thing you know what i mean mm. so I'm definitely i agree mm. yeah um and i mean I... sergio is a good driver he has eight podium finishes and they were all midfield teams he's mm. never been on the front running team you know he did have um some with salba but obviously they're alfa romeo now so i do agree that he could go there I think he could go to house as well, but I'm not 100% sure that he would settle for Haas. Yeah. To be fair, there was an interesting interview done this week uh, with BBC's father, Lewis Hamilton, and he said that he was very pleased to hear uh, that Alpha, um, Alpha, that Aston Martin have already taken a huge step forward in signing Vettel and that he believes that Vettel will help steer the team in a better direction in terms of car development which I thought was a very interesting quote from the six times world champion. Yeah, I think it is interesting from Lewis. And I think every time you hear Lewis talking about Aston Martin, he's very complimentary of it. Um, and I think it does kind of raise the point of, you know, who is going to be along that seat Aston Martin. The obvious person is Lance Stroll. He's, his dad owns the team, but he still hasn't actually kind of contractually been announced for next year. Could Aston Martin still kind of be be questioning that seat? Could they be in talks with the people? Could we see Lewis Hamilton make that kind of shock move to Aston Martin for next year alongside Sebastian Vettel? Maybe if the Ineos deal we just talked about goes through, Toto Wolff leaves and goes to Aston Martin as well. That's the dream team, isn't it? I feel like it's just silly season at the minute though, isn't it? We could say anything on here and then it'll get brought down as uh, actual news. Like, I mean, we've got to remember that that, uh, that news about Mercedes being sold came from Eddie Jordan who, if a clown walked up to me in the street and told me that the uh, the world was going to end tomorrow, I'd believe him more than Eddie Jordan saying this news. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, well, obviously, you have to take everything with a pinch of salt, don't you? But, um, I mean, we've been speculating. you got to take it with a truckload of salt. Well, you, exactly, Jordan, exactly. yeah. Well, we, we, I mean, we speculated for, for weeks now that Vettel would be coming, and finally that has happened. So, I mean, speculation isn't always, you know unnecessary rumors start for a reason because there's something that triggers it um whether or not that's the want just to see mercedes kind of take a hit in terms of a sale maybe that's that's what's triggered that but at the same time eddie jordan could know something we don't i don't know how eddie jordan would know something we don't he's not like he's a a chairman at mercedes or something like that he's got no kind of links with that team um but i don't know something could be happening behind the scenes that we don't know about as far as I say, like we said already, it's rumours. It's a rumour mill that's spinning. Um, but one thing we know for sure now is that Vettel will be in that Aston Martin. Um, and I, I don't want to say we called it, but I feel like we called it a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, I think it's very interesting. I, I really do. Um, we kind of, just on this, we kind of want to get a talking point going as well um, for Twitter. So we want to say, we want to know where do you think Sergio will race next season? So let us know. We've got... Uh, We've got at the F1 review on Twitter. Just yeah, get 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 at in us, at us in in every little bit that you want us to see. And we we might give a couple of shout outs on the podcast as well. Yeah, definitely. We're trying to be much more active on Twitter at the moment, aren't we? I mean, we've been kind of live tweeting the last few races. We're sharing more stories. We want to get involved with you guys on Twitter. So make sure you go and uh, and let us know what you think over there. And we'll be sure to to give you a, a response to that. Um, let's talk about the race then. We've had the inaugural Grand Prix at Mugello. The, the Ferrari-owned circuit. They've owned it for, you know, near enough 40 years now. They've been building their cars there. They've been, you know, 
that should be their circuit, should be where their cars work perfectly. Uh, it didn't, though. Um, we'll start off with Quali. Uh, what, what do you guys make of Quali? Very good. Purely for the fact, uh, purely for the times that the cars were set in. Mm. Um, if I remember correctly, I watched FP3 and Crofty said they shouldn't be getting a, getting any higher than a one minute, uh, one minute 18, I think he said, or something like that. One, I think 17, 16, 17 is where he's expected it to be. I'm back. I'm gone. No, you're fine. Yeah. Um, so for Hamilton to win qualifying with a one minute 15, and it's a low one in minute 15. Yeah. Like that's, you know. Um, so Reddell and McLaren uh, both seem to struggle with the circuit. Uh, they were both a lot lower down than we expected, especially McLaren after last week's brilliant result. Uh, Charles Leclerc managed to get P5, while Sebastian only managed to get 14th on the grid mm-hmm. in Ferrari's thousands race. Yeah. And um, to round off Q3, we had a yellow flag in Sector 1 as Ocon stopped on the track, and it hindered everyone's last little attempt. Hence why Lewis stayed top, because I do believe that Valtteri would have stolen that. Uh, also in Q1, we saw George plow into the gravel trap, but managed to keep the car under control and even improved on his previous lap time. And I put that in there because we don't often see that. Like, well, we never see that, to be honest. Yeah, I um, mean, we, he took that gravel trap and, and just kept going, didn't he? And I thought that was that was quite interesting to see. I think on a whole, qualifying was quite interesting that there was a lot of back and forth. Bottas wanted that pole position. And like you said... Um, I think he could have got it if it wasn't for that yellow flag at the end of Sector 3 in, in Q in Q3 in Sector 1 even. Um, I think Bottas could have done that, but it was wrong time, wrong place, wasn't it? Um, but as I say, qualifying was its own thing, but I don't want to stay in qualifying for too long. Reese has just absolutely wrapped through that. That's and, just whiz through qualifying because that's yeah. not important this weekend. <laughs> it was the race, wasn't it? It was the race. Oh, um, I think as Lewis Hamilton said in the, in the post-race, uh, post-race interviews, it was more like three races at the end of that race. Um, we ended up seeing two red flags, which we haven't seen for four years or so now. Brazil 2016 was the last time. It does not happen often. Um, and to be honest, what felt like a dozen safety cars, didn't it? It just felt like it, it was just the longest race you were watching, wasn't it? Because the amount of stoppage, the amount of starts, it was all over the place. Um, mm, I saw a lot online as well, saying that uh, the safety car driver should have got driver of the day. <laughs> Just because that, of yeah. how how much he had to be out on track. Bert Maylander, he's the absolute hero. He drives that car like... He, he, needs, <laughs> he needs paying double time for this weekend, that's oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. He did such a good job. And to be fair, I think... Well, we'll get on to it. The, the amount of safety cars was insane. But um, I think before the race even began, questions it started getting exciting. And to be fair, looking back at the race review, I was like, this was in this race? That felt like it was years ago. Um, but before the race even began, we saw the issue with Verstappen's car. Uh, again, similar to like what we saw a few races ago in Hungary, I think it was, when he when he pinned it in the wall. All the mechanics were around trying to fix it. So again, this race, not Max's fault this time, but um, he said on the formation lap to the grid, there was some kind of overheating issue with the car. It wasn't getting enough power. All the blokes were at the back of the car trying to have a look at it, weren't they? And it was kind of all the build-up. Reese was out of Mackey's, running back in, trying to wait, <laughs> trying to see what happened. Um, we were like, Max's car's being looked at. It, it was kind of the build-up to the race. That was the most interesting thing. And it looked like they'd fixed it. I think Christian Horner, was it, they interviewed and he said that it looked like it had been fixed? Um, obviously, I just, that didn't last. I, want to give, I just want to give a massive shout-out to Sky Gore. Because I was sat in that Mackie's drive <laughs> through, watching it happen, 
and the one was like, the one was going, oh, can I take your order, please? No, you can't, love. Hang on. This is important. <laughs> yeah. I, need to, I need to know this bit. I'm watching Just Max. Just a, a quick PSA. Do not be on your phone and drive. Obviously. Reese was in a drive-thru. Reese was very safe. Was <laughs> He'd stopped. He parked up waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, th- th- but this was where the race kind of began. I think if this issue hadn't have been there at the start, it could have been a much different race, to be honest, because it was like this one tiny engine problem for Max caused just everything like dominoes. Um, so the race start, it looked like Max's car would be fixed for about the first three seconds. He actually had a really good start. If you watch it back, he got up alongside Hamilton, who had a pretty bad start, um, and it looked like it was going really well. But then it just all went belly up. The car just couldn't get up to the same speeds that all the other cars around him were doing. And he started just dropping back, dropping dropping back all the way. He was on the radio saying, I haven't got the speed. I haven't got the power. He was obviously really frustrated. Um, ended up getting dropped back and after a few corners was tangling with Raikkonen, Gasly and Grosjean. Uh, and I think everyone that watched the race knows how this is going to end up. It was just a big accident. No one, There was just not enough space for them all to go, I, I think. And they just all flew in to the gravel trap. Um, Verstappen and Gasly were out. Uh, Raikkonen managed to actually get away quite easily just with a broken wing and managed to keep going. Uh, Grosjean was in the gravel as well, but somehow managed to get that car going again um, and, and managed to get back out of the gravel and come back around to the pits. Um it was a big first crash, well, first kind of lap accident. I think you said during the race, Reese, we haven't seen a first lap accident like that for a while. Um, let's mm. talk about it. What what actually happened? I, Is there anyone to blame here? Can I talk about something else first? Can I talk about something else first, real quick? Yes. That we've kind of overlooked. Bottas's start. Right. That was what an amazing launch. You know what I mean? If if hypothetically, if the race went completely different. Mm-hmm. Bottas would have won the race from that start, from Definitely. that launch. I think there was a good chance he could have he had a great incredible. start. It, it, it was an impressive start. I don't know whether it was just Lewis. Lewis was bad and Bottas was extremely good, and well, then that's what made it look so good. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. I don't but want to take away crash- from. I don't want to take away from Bottas, but I also am thinking now because how Verstappen got a great start behind him as well. Was it more of mm. Bottas got a good start? Hamilton had a bad start, and there is something to weigh oh. up there. I said, I said when we were watching them line up that Bottas's nose was kind of placed slightly diagonal. Mm. I don't know whether he planned to do that to be like, look, if, if I get a good start here, I've got him. So yeah. I think I'm, I'm straight through there. But yeah. I, I just want to point out how impressive that start was. I feel like we all kind of overlooked that. It was such an impressive start from Bottas. It was a really good start. That after then they're back to the crash. Yeah. Let's Sorry. talk about it. <laughs> was it a racing incident? Was there someone to blame? I want to hear what you think. Ruth, Ruth, what do you think? Was there someone to blame for that? Yeah, I think to begin with, what we said about Verstappen's car, obviously he clearly had an issue. He would have been out either way. Mm. But I think it wasn't him that caused the accident. From what I saw on the um, video, it looked like, I think it was Grosjean. He was trying to come around and Gasly and Raikkonen were already wheel to wheel racing against each other and he just didn't have the space and he just pushed his nose in and he just caused such a huge accident because he he just wanted space that wasn't there. See, I get that argument. There was, I mean, mean, as Martin says, every time there's a big crash like this, four into one doesn't go, three into one doesn't go. It's his favourite, it's his favourite, it's his favourite commentary line whenever this happens. 
Um, Grosjean was on the outside, then Gasly, then Verstappen, then Raikkonen, and it was a big old car sandwich. And it, the one thing we said when we were looking at Mugello, I think, Ruth and I said when we were watching the Formula 2 race, we were saying, is it going to be a good race? I don't know. It's very thin, and it is a very thin track. There isn't, it's not wide. There is a lot, not enough room for uh, four cars to be going wide, um, as we ultimately found out. Uh, I think it comes down to as well that I get what you're saying about Grosjean. However, I feel like if it was Kimi, I do believe it was Kimi on the other side. Grosjean on this side, Kimi on the other side. I feel like them two should have yielded, both of them. I feel like they're both as much to blame as the other because they should have yielded the position back. Yeah. Like they should have realised what's going on here. We're literally heading into another corner. There's four of us along this straight. Only two of us will get around the corner maximum. Mm. So we should kind of drop like, you know, stop accelerating, drop back in and then go for it again on the next straight or something. Mm. So mm. I feel like they're both kind of to blame there. Well, I think the point yeah. was with that part is that Raikkonen... So Verstappen was already ahead of them. Raikkonen and Gasly were already wheel-to-wheel -wheel at that point. Two of them going around that corner would have been fine. It mm. was Grosjean's nose that hit the back of Gasly's car that then obviously sent Gasly spinning, Raikkonen spinning, Verstappen off as well. You know, I feel like if anyone's to blame, it would be Grosjean. I don't know. Yeah. It just... It seemed like... That could have been completely avoided. Mm. Another thing to come out of this as well, which uh, isn't in the notes, so I'll, I'll just mention it real quick. Um, Signs got spun as well by. Oh yeah, it was Perez or Stroll. Of course, and he did. that was literally just after. That was nothing even related to that. It was it was so far ahead of that. Yeah. But I feel like if that crashed, well, I say so far, about this far. But I feel like if that crash didn't really didn't happen i feel like that would have ended a lot worse for signs yeah it would have and it did just him getting slightly span i feel like that would have been the crash not the one into the wall yeah and i think the the other thing that, that happened there was vettel just kind of drove into him vettel didn't yeah, make vettel, any attempt vettel to get around like him was, yeah he looked like he was turning around him then just went straight back into him yeah. and just ran over his wing yeah which didn't I, make any sense he, I, he was looking not to get a puncture it could have been that that vettel just hasn't wasn't actually looking in front of him was looking at the massive crash happening behind him and didn't see science yeah. facing the wrong way i don't know it was a weird one i to be honest completely forgot that that happened this race had so much stuff happening in it i completely forgot that there was that spin there that's why it's not in the notes because i honestly completely forgot that even happened um, but it was a very eventful first corner. I think we can agree that if it was Grosjean's fault, Raikkonen's fault, anyone's fault, the FIA claimed, decided it was a racing incident, which, I mean, is fair enough. It, it definitely could have been a racing incident. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's anyone to blame. I'm, to be honest, me personally, I think it's a racing incident. I think there was just a lot of cars, not enough room, and that is never going to end well. And maybe they could have backed out. Maybe they couldn't. I don't know if there was time. I think, ironically, the two cars that came out of it were the ones that were on those outsides that could have done something. It was Raikkonen and Grosjean that made it out. It was Gasly and Verstappen on the inside that didn't. But who knows? This is where it got interesting, though. That I brought think, out I think the safety be car. About, I think... Oh, go on. Go on. Sorry. I was, like, I was going to say, I think what's interesting about this podcast is that we're going to be playing the blame game a lot because there was a lot of stuff like that that happened that oh, we yeah. are going to be like, you did it, no, you did it, no, you did it. And we all know Ruth loves a controversial opinion. <laughs> yeah, I just don't like cats. <laughs> it happened that you said, of course, Grosjean was there. Grosjean's always in there. <laughs> it's always a has. Whenever there's an accident, there's always a has there. It's true. There's always a has at the scene of the incident and it's always it always looks like it's their fault. I'm not um, saying that it's always Haas's fault. I'm just saying every time there's an accident, I've always seen that Haas car 
right there. Well, there was also a Haas car involved in the other massive accident that happened. And let's talk about that now. Because that safety car came out on lap one, lasted six laps of them going around, and then something massive happened. And the race took a real turn. So the safety car came in. And this is, I feel like, a talk point that's going to be talked about for a long time. Exactly what happened is up in the air it's up for debate isn't it so the safety car came into the pit lane and at that point Bottas became the acting safety car and it was Bottas knew that Hamilton was all over his back and he had to get a good getaway down that main straight at Mugello to make a good start and he left it right until the last minute and I think that's fair to say he um, I think they said on the commentary Jensen said because he was watching it from the top of the pit building he about the sixth grid slot on the grid so that's kind of three rows back from the start line that is when he chose to floor it. He left it as late as he possibly could to catch Lewis out. And to be fair, he did it really well. And I think if yeah. nothing had happened behind him, like you say, Bottas would have nailed that race and gone right to the end with it. It was what happened behind him that was the issue. And it was well, when probably... when we were watching it... Yeah. When we were watching it... I, sorry, there is a delay. That's why I'm always getting <laughs> interrupted. I don't mean to interrupt. I find a gap. I start to talk and it delays. <laughs> uh, when we were watching it, we all looked at each other and we were like, what a start. Like, because you always, like, now, like, hats off to Bottas, because mm. now you always see, like, the penultimate corner, um, you know, like, on the penultimate corner, they just, they floor it. Yeah. The second they get out that apex, gone, sort of thing. Yeah. So, he had Hamilton literally sniffing at him all the way to the line, and probably the moment that Hamilton would have thought, now, you know what, he's got to literally leave it to the line. Yeah. He went, bye, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a, like, like, you he can take your hat about... off to him for it, because that's in the rules. He's allowed to do that. And that's oh, what he did. 100%. And it was an amazing start. And I even said when he did it, because I, I coming down there, I was like, he's left this too late. He's not going to be able to do this. But he, Hamilton was along. So I was like, I can't see him doing this. And then he did. I was like, fair enough. That's great. And then the camera cut to a backwards angle, looking back down the grid, and there was just smoke behind them. Uh, and honestly, watching that, seeing all the smoke behind them, I literally was like, oh my God. Biggest crash I've ever seen in F1. Hands down. No debate about it. It was the worst accident I've seen in F1. And I saw it and I knew instantly that it was a big crash. And I'm so glad everyone was okay. We should probably say that first. It was complete. Yeah. Everyone was completely fine. I think the worst thing was a bruised hand for science. Um, but, I mean, let's talk about what happened with that crash then. Because to be honest, I'm still not exactly sure what happened. It was a mess, wasn't it? I mean, even after it happened, just all of the commentators were watching it and re-watching it trying to see what had actually caused it and no one could pinpoint who was to blame yeah so you showed me a video earlier on as we were making the notes for this podcast on and um it was a different look it was a look from the back uh, and they kind of put all the drivers names coming off the car so you could see who's who mm-hmm now, if we're playing the blame game, which I really don't want to do because it's one of my favourite drivers that it's happening to, but Russell backed up that last pack. He did. Like he, can't he, deny he really it. backed it up. He did. Uh, and then the car in front of him kind of went, sort of thing. And then it was Russell who who accelerated. That's the only way you can say it. He put um, his foot down to catch up to them. Yeah. And obviously they've got the green boards flashing. The FIA's got all the green boards going. People at the back, like Martin said on commentary, you're sat on the floor looking mm. up at the wing. So all you can see is the driver in front's wing and then the boards. That's what the boards are there for. Yeah. The fact that they were green indicated that the racing was on. The fact that Russell's just set off, like Russell's just done that, probably the car behind him noticed what he was doing. But then 
you know, if you see someone just flour it, you yeah. think racing's on. It's not like the cars at the back have a TV screen watching Bottas at the front. They don't know what Bottas is doing. And when a car in front of you goes and you see green, in your head you're going, this, we're racing again. And they, were probably off, they were probably off finding it weird as well because I, I can't remember the last time someone's left it right to the line. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they were probably all sitting there like, what, what's going on? Mm. You know what I mean? And then they come around, they see all the green lights and then they're like, oh, we're racing. Yeah. And you I think know? that was the main yeah. thing. I think it's, it's like Martin said, the front of the pack weren't racing, the back were too early. And so when the back was still going slowly, they were yeah. all going quickly and then just went into the they caught up to the front race before it started and um i think carlos actually put out a great message this morning a good post about it he says something along the lines of just imagine you were going down the motorway at 70 miles an hour and then there was just a parked car in front of you that's how it felt for him because he, he as far as he was aware he was going full whack he, he wasn't we were there racing at that point yeah it there's a lot of things to look at and like you say george from that new angle, it looks like Russell kind of was the catalyst in terms of he went when he shouldn't, well, kind of because he was catching up to the car in front of him. Not necessarily, he didn't intend for there to be any crashes, obviously. There's been discussions, was it irresponsible with Bottas to leave it that long? I, I don't know. It, there's, a, there's a lot of connotations it's... going around it right now. Bottas actually had a lot to say after the race because a lot of people were blaming him on Twitter and on Facebook everywhere. But, you know, he said, I'm not at all to blame for that. Everyone can look at everything they want, but I was doing con- a consistent speed until I went. Yes, I went late, but we start racing from the control line, not before that. So the guys behind who crashed because of that can look in the mirror. There's no point whining about it. Yeah, and then, he's got a point. It's true. It's a harsh point, but at the end of the day, it is true. He leads the race. He's the one who everyone should be following. So it was. Yeah, I think we had a conversation with this. We had a conversation about this before. Yeah. Where we said, like, obviously, I've mentioned the green lights on. Should there be a green and yellow light flag? You know what I mean? Should there be something along those lines? Yeah, a green and yellow flag kind of once the safety car comes in and the yellow flags (laughs) go down, the green and yellow flag kind of says, right, now the leader of the race, in this terms, Bottas, is the safety car. It doesn't actually go fully green until Bottas then floors it. That could work, kind of a green, yellow, like flashing a, thing. A staying alert, yeah, a staying yeah. alert yeah. flag, sort of thing. Like be alert that be alert that the safety car's gone, so you can race at any moment. Mm. However, know that Bottas is Bottas can choose when to go, yeah. or whoever's in the lead can choose where to go. Yeah, I feel like another way to solve it as well is I personally would be putting in the rule, like I don't know how to word this, um, kind of no overtaking before the line, no even sniffing at the car in front before the line. Once you've crossed that start-finish line, you know, it's a war zone again. Overtake, yeah. do whatever you fancy. But I feel like the car should be in single file, even when Bottas sets off, they should be in single file until they go across the line. Yeah. Because the reason why they changed the rule from the safety car line to where they can actually put the foot down is so that whoever's in the lead still has that advantage of being in the lead. You know, they don't get caught straight away. And I feel like that's a fair rule to have. However, I feel like you've got to put into place now after a crash like that which mm. took about six cars out the race you've got to put into place something that will stop that happening again yeah and i feel like if you've got a no overtaking rule single file until the line i feel like that's the only way that you can solve something like that yeah, yeah. i Definitely. think the point with that though as well is that the the cars actually can't cope being 
behind each other single file like that mm. for so long. We saw it with Ocon, who was in front of Russell. His rear tyres were on fire, and the cars just can't cope being yeah, but an extra behind meters, each other like that. It's an extra, it's an extra 200 metres. It's, it's unt- like, but they're not single not... file that whole time before that. They're I'm all off like, each like, other's like... lines because otherwise, yeah, you know, you'd have that issue. Mm. So that's what I mean. Like, they don't have to be like exactly like holding on to each other's hips like a conga line. But what I'm saying is you can't even sniff at the car. You can't put your nose past, like, the other car's back wing. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to you've got to stay, be, like, there. You can go... They can't can be alongside. Like yeah. You can't, they just can't be alongside. They can't be trying to race the second it's set off. Yeah. Like, kind of what Lewis, Lewis, Lewis is about, like, a, a wheel away from the front of Bottas when he went kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um which is fair enough, and I, th- I mean, we could talk about this for hours. There is so much yeah. up in the air about this this incident, and obviously, you don't know who's to blame. And I think the FIR are still looking at it. They're trying to find a way that they can prevent something like this happening again, because obviously, it could have been so much worse than it actually was. Luckily, everyone cut away from it this time. But if it was any slower, if if they were going any faster, who knows what it could have happened? I think we saw it in actually um, Billy Monger. And his obviously really terrible accident that he had in Formula 4 or whatever it was he had his horrible accident in a few years ago was a very similar situation where he was going full whack and then suddenly there was a car stopped in front of him. And obviously he lost his legs because of that. And very easily something like that could have happened in F1 today or on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so something does need to be looked at to ensure that, that that doesn't happen again and something is more clear, whether it's, you know, like we say, a green and yellow flag, single file, don't be moving around. I don't know. Um, going back to the safety car line even did work. I think Bottas made an interesting point as well. He said, I think the FIA or FOM, I don't know who decides the safety cars, but they're trying to make the show better by turning the lights later so you can't build a gap early mm. and then go like a corner before the main straight. Yeah. And he said, I think it's time to decide whether that's the right and safe thing to do. Definitely. And I think, yeah. you know, a lot of drivers had warnings after that incident, but I mean... I feel like the lights definitely had such a huge part to play in that, yeah. in indicating to case, them. It's it's a case of that the FIA can warn as many drivers as they like. At the end of the day, I see it as their fault, and I know that we're not there, not f- com- completely their fault. But you know, they've they've got a, 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 something to do with it at least. It, it's they they can take some of the blame. But it, and it, I feel like the F1 community can are also thinking along yeah. them lines. So they need to take some of the blame for that because they did put the lights to green. I think as much as it is, you could say it's the FIA's fault as well, it, it could also be one of those things where, yeah, maybe it is their fault, but it's something you wouldn't think about happening until it happens. It's something no, they exactly. couldn't really have expected to happen until it did happen. And I mean, yeah, like I say, we could talk about this for hours, um, but at the end of the day, it brought out another red flag, which changed the race completely. It was a second red flag in two races. And um, yeah, we need to talk about what happened after that because that's where the race actually went. That's just a quick reminder. We're seven laps into a 59-lap race at this point. I mean, we're, we're almost 40 minutes into this podcast and we've only talked about seven laps. So uh, let's let's get, get our heads down because this then led to the race restart. Uh, and it was a very interesting one, this restart. Everyone was lined up again, ready to go. Um, we had about 13 cars running now. Everyone else was back in the pits. They cleared the race. Bottas got another good getaway, but going down to the first corner, Lewis just managed to slipstream it. And to be fair to Lewis, it was a very nice little slipstream that managed to get him back round into turn one ahead of Bottas again. It was a really nice move. Uh, Ferrari also looked good from the restart. They managed to get up to P3 um, after the restart, which is good. 
But, I mean, Ferrari's just disappointment came again. They just fell right back straight away. Leclerc was just getting overtaken left, right and centre by every car that came up to him. There's no change to them still. They are still barely scraping points every race. And it, it, like it's horrible to see, especially this weekend when it was their 1,000th Grand Prix, their big anniversary race. Uh, their home circuit as well. The circuit, like we said at the start of the race, where they build their cars to race on. Um, they couldn't find success still. And that is really getting to see. Um, it was a tough restart from Albon as well that saw him fall down to P7. Uh, and that really, and to be fair, this was one of the most interesting points of the race after the big crash. So um, Ricardo really wanting that. It threw the podium right up in the air because Albon was the one that was obviously going to go for it. He had the better car for it. Um, but it was Ricardo that really wanted it from Stroll and Perez, who were the ones really kind of fighting for it. And I think we saw it, aside to Ricardo, we haven't seen um, in his time at Renault, I don't think yet. I saw a Ricardo out there that we had at Red Bull, a Ricardo that wanted the podium and was fighting for it. Um, obviously, ultimately, he didn't get it. But I think I thought we saw a great few like moves and, and fighting from Ricardo out there. What did you guys think? He was very hungry. He was hungry for it. He wanted to uh, give Cyril that tattoo. Mm. Let's just say that. But yeah, he, he was very, very hungry um, well, for, for the podium. He hasn't had one in a while. No. But the boy wants one. I think he really was trying to push Albon and to get him to make a mistake. And he just thought, if I can just hold on long enough, maybe I can, you know, force him into doing something that he wouldn't normally do. And it unfortunately just didn't happen. But it was a great race. And it was even better because he was up there. Mm. I think, unfortunately, after the restart, it did kind of that thing that's happened this season kind of happened again, where third place became first place. We were we weren't interested in actual first and second. It was going to go to either Bottas or Hamilton. And after that restart from Hamilton, it was kind of going to Hamilton, wasn't it? He got like a 10 second gap to P3 within like five laps. And it just was like, OK, the winner of this race is going to be one of the Mercedes. That was clear. Um, it was it was P3 that we kind of were interested in then and Ricardo really wanted it the racing points really wanted it um, and also Stroll really wanted it and um, they were racing again for a few more laps nothing really massive happened until the racing point of Stroll who I think was in P3 at that point or was he in P4 I think he might have been passed by Ricardo I think he was very close to Ricardo at that point but he just hadn't got ahead of him yet they were full whack they were racing full whack suddenly going through one of the final corners on the track. Um, the camera's following him. Bang. Rear left goes. And he's just flung off into the gravel. Um, another big incident um, that ultimately brought out the safety car and then eventually another red flag. It was the second red flag in the race. We talked about it at the start. Um, I was surprised at the red flag, to be honest. I think when, when it came out, we were like, whoa, another red flag. I think we even did the tweet where the buzzer was smashing the red flag button. Um do you guys think that should have been a red flag or was that okay for a safety car? What do you think? Um, you've got to look at the races that's happened before and because the last race got given a red flag because Charles Leclerc went and um, destroyed the tyre barrier. Mm. I feel like the FIA didn't have a leg to stand on to be like, oh, look, we'll just get a safety car going round and yeah. you know, and, and we'll, we'll just lift the car out of there. It should be an easy move. Because it, it kind of was an easy move. It was, the race wouldn't stop for that long, realistically. Mm. However, because they made the point in the last race of, look, these barriers are for the driver's safety, which they are, obviously. Mm. But we need to build up the we need to build back up the barrier. We can't be racing like this. They they, they dug their own grave as such to uh, to red flagging the race again. Yeah. Well, it was another red flag, and we did stop. But before that, Kimi 
the, I think the team must have said on the radio to him as he was coming down the straight, safety car, pit. He'd already gone past the proper pit entry. This was kind of like just a, a side note of what happened in the race, but he managed to get himself a five-second penalty because he just drove across. I don't know what he did, why he did it. I don't know if the team didn't expect the red flag or, or what have you, but, I mean, it was stupid, to be honest, from Kimmy. From a drive with that much experience to make him a, make, do something like that, he knows for a while he shouldn't do it. Um, it was a I deserving five-second penalty, I think. That was the funniest about that as well is... Kimmy normally wouldn't react to anything like that. He would just be like, yeah, sure. But it was just him on the radio. Just They told him he had a, a penalty and he was so, so angry. He just kept saying, for what? Yeah. For what? Like, why have I got this penalty? For what? It's, it's, the, fact, it's the fact that the mechanic saw that he said, what? Not yeah. for what? So the mechanic was just repeating himself. He is so scared of Kimmy. I mean, I don't blame him. I would be. But I, I, I can picture him shaking being like, Okay, Kimmy. Um, you you have a like, yeah. Oh yeah, you got to you got to tell Kimmy this news. You might as well just go put your arm in a lion's cage, sort of thing. Good good luck. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a it was a highlight of the race. To be fair, that 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 kind of funny line. It was he was just he was it was Kimmy. You've got a five second penalty. He said for what? Kimmy, you got a five second <laughs> for what? Yeah. <laughs> Great it's just the comic you relief. You, you always need a bit of comic relief in the race, and that was it. Well, you that, honestly, it's not, yeah. a, it's not a good performance without a little bit of comic relief. Not, and that, that's it? what we got there. 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think... think just going back quickly, sorry, no, no. just going back to the stroll thing mm. um, and the red flag, um, I think the reason that they red flagged it as well was because at first they weren't sure what the issue with Stroll's car was. And after, he said he thought it was a tyre failure but it also could have been his um, suspension failing as well mm. and he said he thought it might have been a similar issue to Ocon in right. that it had melted because it had been on fire and they just hadn't seen the fire oh, which is interesting. What, which is why later on we saw the marshals then trying to put fire out on his car well, it, very... was, it was very much on fire I think that car is, it's definitely in the scrap heap now it's in, it's in a skip back in uh, back in England somewhere they've just kind of dumped it off and been like right we'll build another one because that was a destroyed car um, there was a good picture where the marshals obviously had to take the side panel off the car to get to the engine to put the fire out and that's just also one with the camera cut to it without the side panel on it just put Renault have taken a screenshot <laughs> 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 I, th- I thought that was very good um but yeah massive fire i think i don't know if that was the red flag i don't know what brought out the red flag specifically but it shouldn't have been in my opinion i think we could have safety guard that um and this brings us to i think that one of the main or probably final discussion points of this podcast um george russell had such a good race and i th- i think everyone really wanted i know we all did we were all screaming at the tv hoping that he'd get his first point in Formula One. It's been 30 races now he's done in Formula One. He hasn't got that point yet. And I know how much he must want that. Um, he was so close to getting it. And to be honest, I think if that ref- second red flag hadn't have happened, it was his. It was going to be his his, uh, his his point for sure. But because of that red flag, Kimi and Grosjean, who had both been lapped already, managed to get out before all the other cars to come around again and unlap themselves. And this is what George said in a, a post press conference i think uh because they managed to come around and unlap themselves they managed to warm up their tires on that outlap which george didn't get so when george came to the grid to start he had cold tires where the two cars behind him 
in 11th and 12th because there was only 12 finishes which is insane in 11th and 12th had warm tires so as soon as the lights went green they were just off when george was spinning still at the start it was like a cartoon you know and they're, when they're running when there's no, no ground underneath them they just couldn't get anywhere um so this is the question i want to put to you and this is the thing the last proper discussion we need to have here um another thing do the fia need to change how red flags work on the restart they recently made it so the restart happens back on the grid but instead of buying the safety car do they now also need to change the way that unlapped cars happen in that circumstance? Because it was not fair on George that he lost those points, I don't think, because they should have been his. But those were just making that one lap difference of warm tyres completely screwed up for him. So what, what do you guys think? How do you think they should handle it in future? I think because of the red flag, the race should have stopped. I mean, I still agree that drivers should be able to have their tyres changed and things like that, but I don't think drivers should be able to change the position they're in when the race stops so so you think pretty much as soon as the race stops even cars that are lapped should just be kind of taken out the queue moved to the back and put back there kind of all deltas removed no one's got an advantage over anyone which is how it is for unlapped cars but for some reason lap cars get to unlap themselves just by doing another lap yeah they're in the wrong yeah, order in the I race because they, they are lapped have but... the oppo- i think they shouldn't have the opportunity to unlap themselves yeah i think when they start the race they start as they were. They have to make up a lap. And, I mean, that's the only way I can see it being fair. Mm. The way the way I'd personally do it is have, rather than Lewis lead in the formation lap, have Raikkonen and, in this in this instant, have Raikkonen and um, Grosjean lead the formation lap. And as they come up to the final corner, let all the cars pass them. And then they just slot in at the back. Or it's just start them at the back even. You know what I mean? They don't even have to leave it. Just start them at the back. Say, look, you're not lapped anymore. Congratulations. Yeah. Everyone's going to start the same. Because of this red flag, everything's gone. Everything's wiped, essentially. Mm. Um, Everyone's going to start the same. You're all going to tootle around and have the same amount of time, if you will. Have the same amount of time to warm up your tyres, do whatever you want to your tyres on the way back to the grid. And then at the grid, bang, you're going. Yeah. Sort of thing. Everyone is in the exact same situation, just like a formation lap would be for the start of a race. Definitely. I guess that I is agree. why they give them the opportunity to unlap themselves, but I think they do gain an advantage by doing that. So I do agree with Reese there that it should just be, you know, you're unlapped. Did you hear that? What? You agree oh, with Reese? Oh my! F from Rearview Podcast first. Here we go, guys. This is what ten episodes does, guys. We're bringing it together. I'm going to leave now because I can't talk that. Uh, Yeah, I think for for George, it would have been great to get it, but I'm sure when he does get it, it will mean it will be so much more well earned. I think if he got it today, it would kind of be like, well, there's twelve runners, and I have to get get a point. I want him to get a point when there's twenty runners still. Do you know what I mean? I want him to do it yeah. and actually and actually earn it. And I hope he does. He well, set the record I now for well, the most amount of races without a point. So fair enough for him. <laughs> He's setting records. I saw an interesting interview with Vettel, um, who finished in P10, the just one ahead of Russell. Yeah. And he said that he felt really bad nabbing the points off George, but in the interview he he was quoted on saying racing is racing. Yeah. Like he wasn't just going to be like, oh no, go on, go past you, get your first point. Yeah. 
racing, racing's racing. However, you know, he, he did. He was fully aware that George was behind him, fighting for that point. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, you know, George. Maybe if George would have caught up to him, he wouldn't have fought him so hard. If they were like going neck and neck into a corner, or I think. Who knows? Yeah, but... I think it, if Ferrari were as good as they normally are, he might have done that. But Ferrari need every point they can get this season, so I don't think, I don't think he yeah. would have done it. Uh, but I think it's yeah. a shame because I think it had it have been up to Vettel, he probably would have just been just giving him the point. Maybe, but obviously the whole <laughs> divorce between him and Ferrari is already messy enough. I'm sure a... he doesn't want to yeah. fan the flame <laughs> and make it any worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ultimately though, George didn't get it, but something did great did happen. In my opinion, it was the highlight of the race for me, and I was so happy for him when it happened. Alex Albon. Finally, third time of asking, Lewis didn't punt him off this time. He managed to get the podium. He managed to get his first podium in F1, uh, and I think he really needed it. And I was so happy when he did it because, obviously, last week there was so much harsh stuff said against him that he couldn't do it. He wasn't better. Gasly should have the seat. He's come back this week. He's got his podium. He's kind of proved, actually, uh, I deserve that seat because he did, he did fight for that, fo- that podium. That podium wasn't given to him. He had to fight those race points. He had to fight that Renault to get it. Uh, and I am gutted a bit for Daniel to not be able to do it for Renault, not be able to get that podium. But Daniel's had enough podiums. He's had race wins. It was it was Alex's turn. And and honestly, I don't think I think all of us can't help but feel some, some kind of relief for Alex that this will be kind of a foot off the gas to I mean, kind of replace him if you do if you will. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Okay. And I want to put like a little asterisk next to it mm. because Max wasn't in the race. True, but yeah, he wouldn't have got the podium if Max was there. That's fair enough. But Max wasn't there, and he got it still. And there was every chance that he, that, that Daniel Ricciardo could have got that podium. Every chance that Stroll could have got that podium. I think to be fair, Stroll also would have got it if he hadn't spun out. But either way, I'm happy for Alex. Don't take this away from me, Reese. I need it. I'm happy for him. I think a good point after, um, it, you know, he made a really big point after he won saying on the radio how thankful he was and mm. you know thankful that the team stuck with him yeah and a lot of people had been speculating at that point already that gasly was going to be brought in to replace him and i think after that horner said if anything about albon is that he's too nice but he thinks yeah. that this win will give him the confidence to know that he is a winner and that he can win and That's he it. said that he's optimistic that Albon will make great strides in the remainder of this season. Yeah, I hope. So, I really hope this is kind of a turning point for Alex now, where he's kind of he knows now he can do it. He's got the podium. He's kind of got over that hill. He's got a podium now. He just needs to go for the win. And I think this should be just a kind of a turning point for him, where he okay. goes from being the second driver to being more of a equal driver, even though he won't be, but more of a better driver. It was an interesting interview that Alex had with uh, Uncle Ted from Ted's Notebook. Mm. Um, because, um, like, obviously, Ted's Notebook, it's not an interview, it's just a chat with Ted. You know what I mean? Everyone loves a chat with Ted. Yeah. And um, Ted asked it, I think Ted said something like, Christian said you're too nice, how do you respond to that? And he's like, well, I think he might be right, but now I'm going to start getting my elbows out more. And when I put that crash helmet on, I'm a completely different person yeah. to who I am when I'm actually racing. Uh, to who I am in the paddock, sorry. I think I think that is almost. I honestly I respect Alex because of that because you do see that because he's such a nice kind of timid guy outside the car. He's like, oh yeah, and just kind of gets on with it. He's very friendly, 
But you kind of do see, as soon as that visor goes down, he is he he does change his personality. He is more aggressive, and I actually really like him because of that. And I think it, it means saw, a lot. You saw in this, you saw in this race that he was getting his elbows out more. Yeah. You no, know I mean, the, there was a, I can't remember when it was, what overtake it was, who it was on. But on one of one of his overtakes, you were like, "Oh, he stuck his elbows out then because he did fast his way through." It, I think that was and his it, move it was on good stroll. Yeah. He's moving yeah. on one of the racing points. And he said also in the interview with Ted, he said, I did get flashbacks to going around Lewis there. I was worried that when I was getting around the outside, same thing was going to happen that happened with Lewis. But luckily he didn't. Um, and, and we did see, see him get it. With all the drivers, not even just Albon, is that they all tread such a fine line mm. on being seen as too aggressive or being seen as too nice or, I don't know, just all of these things. And for Albon, I think he does get seen as too nice all the time. Mm. And I think it's just a shame because he did show, like, in this race that he is a good driver and he does, yeah. he is capable of winning. Yeah. So I, mean, I, don't before... know, I just hope that it carries on and that it doesn't just stop at one podium and then he's done. Yeah. Before we move on, I also want to point out that Lando had a fantastic race, even though he got no TV time. Um, I feel like he did a really good race to finish P6 as well in a car that was clearly struggling around that circuit, yeah. considering they got, I think it was 11th and 9th in qualifying, because Ocon didn't actually do a lap in yeah. the final one, because it was it was set out to be 11th and 10th. Yeah. Um, he was clearly in a car that was struggling. Uh, so was Daniel, to be fair. Daniel was in a car that was struggling during qualifying and yeah. during the free practices. They managed to turn it around. Um, so I think, I think both of them did well. Um, it was interesting as well to see that Lando was... I mean, I know Carlos spun, uh, on the first lap, but it was interesting to see Lando ahead of Carlos. Yeah. And Carlos still kind of, I don't know. It, it would have been interesting if uh, Carlos didn't crash to see if he would have made up any places to, you know, to, to see what would have happened there with Lan- with the the rookie being the leader, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So that's all I've got to say on that. Uh, to that, <laughs> yeah, really good for Lando. So just before i'm gonna another thing before we move on just before we go on to the the next race predictions i just want a quick yes or no from you guys should tuscany should the Mugello grand prix come back next year would you guys want to see it again yes or no quick one reese yes ruth absolutely yes i think definitely it's got to come that's back not right yes or no Ruth. hold on that's <laughs> not yet well how come i had to say yes or no absolutely yes and then you went out on a full sentence it's got to come back anyway we're running out of time here, so let's quickly just get some predictions. And I want to see Mugello back next year. Um, let's get some predictions back. We've got Russia next week. It's it's the big old Russian Grand Prix. Uh, let's just hear quickly top three quali. I just want to hear three names. Go, Reese. Uh, Bottas, Hamilton, Albon. Okay, Ruth. Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. Okay, I reckon it's going to be Bottas because Bottas love the circuit. Bottas, Hamilton, Albon. I'm I'm rooting for I'm Alex for now. Adam. It's one rule for one and one rule for another, isn't it, doing this one? <laughs> okay, race again. Here we go. Uh, Ruth, you go first for the race this time. Um, I'm going to say Bottas, Verstappen, Albon. She hates Hamilton. She always knocks Hamilton off the top. Reese. Uh Hamilton, Bottas. Uh, uh, Hamilton, Bottas and Verstappen. Okay, I'm going to go Bottas, Hamilton... Perez. I'm going to put a racing point in there. I'm going to go a bit out there. I'm going to throw it out Imagine there. if it's another, DN- another DNF for Max. Oh, 
I can't. I can't take it anymore, Reese. Um, anyway, I'd like to do a quick disclaimer before oh, we end this one. Here we go. I don't hate Hamilton. <laughs> I do like the guy. I think he's a good driver. I just think the race would be interesting if if he wasn't, he wasn't in the top three. No, me too. It's not what we want. It's not what we want to happen. It's predictions, Uh Well. <laughs> yeah. I right. Uh, we've, we've, we've just gone over an hour, guys. This has been another long episode. We tried to make this one shorter, but so much happened in that race that we just couldn't make it short. Hopefully, Russia is a really boring race and we just smack out a 30-minute episode. Um, so thank you very much to everyone for watching, listening, however you're consuming this podcast. Um, it's been a great race. Italy, two rounds of Italy that I have absolutely enjoyed. Bring on the next Grand Prix um, in Italy in a few weeks' time. Hopefully, it's just as good. Um Reese's blowing kisses if you can't see kisses um, I've been Tom I've been Ruth I've been producer Ruth and I've been producer Ruth for this episode goodbye and we'll see you next time thank you for watching bye bye